So back in Bible times, there was a tradition, or actually it was a law, it was a legal requirement. Who's you're the oldest in your family? Okay, well you're in line. Jonathan, you're the oldest in your family? So you are, but you're not the oldest brother. So the oldest brother in the family would get a double portion of his of, of his father's inheritance, a double portion of the wealth of his father, and the rest would just get a single portion. So, so if, say, there were five brothers, and it was divided five ways, it would be divided six ways, and the one brother would have, uh, the eldest brother would have two portions. So that's important to note as we're reading this, this story. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold, hold ye your peace. That's a Bible way of telling them to be quiet. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophet that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Heard this before. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophet went, and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, or his coat, and wrapped it together, and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. Now remember what I said about the eldest brother would get a double portion? Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters, and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. We've talked about Elijah. We talked about, about his circumstances, the difficult time he was in when he trusted God and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And we talked about uh, the challenge he faced of, of believing God when it seemed when his brook, his, his source of supplies had dried up. And we talked about how... Um, then Elijah triumphed and, and won this mighty victory over the prophets of Baal. And then we talked about Elisha, Elijah's uh, depression and how the Lord brought him through there. 
And through this whole thing, we've been referring back to the New Testament where it tells us that Elijah was a man of like passions. He was a man of similar um, emotional makeup, if you will, as, as we are, and similar, similar uh, challenges uh, and, and infirmities and difficulties and trials. And yet, Elijah was strong in faith. And, and from the New Testament, we find that we are also to be strong in faith like Elijah. We're to believe God, to pray, and to pray until God brings things to pass. But now, Elijah, who's been such a wonderful prophet, is passing off the scene. And that's the story today of when Elijah um, transfers his faith, transfers his spirit and his, his uh, passion for God to... Um, to the younger man, to Elisha. And Elisha asked for a double portion. For the portion of a son, I, I want a double portion. Elijah didn't have anything to leave him in terms of this world's goods, in terms of money or property or things like that. But Elijah said, I want a double portion of your spirit. As, as if you're my father. Now, that he wasn't his biological father, but he was his spiritual father. And I want a double portion of your spirit, of your heart for God, of your power with your power from God, your, your, um, your faith. Now, there's a very sad story in the Old Testament about an eldest son who was entitled legally to a double portion of the inheritance from his father. You remember Esau was the oldest son, and, and the Bible says he despised or he did not value his birthright, that double portion. He, he didn't care. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't value it like he should have, as highly as he should have. And in that case, the son who did value the blessing was the one who received it. And thus we have the story of Jacob and Esau. And in today's scripture that we read, we have another elder son. This time he's not an elder son in a biological sense, but he's a spiritual son to Elijah. And after Elijah's time of depression, Elijah led him to anoint Elisha as his assistant and successor. And now it was time for Elijah to leave. It was time for him to leave his ministry and his students and his country behind and be taken up into heaven. So thus begins this journey. And for Elijah, it's the end of a fruitful ministry and the beginning of eternal bliss. But for Elisha, Elisha has a choice to make whether or not that's going to be the end for him because right now he's been in Elijah's shadow all this time. He's been learning from Elijah. He's been studying from Elijah. He's been mentored by Elijah, and Elijah has done the miracles, Elijah has prayed the prayers, Elijah has, has been his leader in so many ways. But now, it's Elisha's choice, is this going to be the end? When Elijah passes off the scene, will this be the end of what God has been doing through Elijah, or will it be continued? And it was Elisha's choice to make. Now, I'd like to make the application to all of us sitting here standing here today we are standing on the shoulders of spiritual giants where we are um i i think of course of, of people like martin luther who nailed his 95 theses or 95 statements uh to the wall and, and uh made the case for justification by faith not by works or of john wesley who felt his heart strangely warm felt felt god move in his heart and from there, then on, tirelessly proclaimed the gospel, gave his life and his his earnings and, and everything to this cause of pro proclaiming the gospel. I think of Jonathan Edwards, well-educated, uh, college president, 
pastor of an influential church, he, he saw the problem of, of having unconverted church members, and, and, um, and he got voted out. After, after a great revival that God had moved in there, Jonathan Edwards got voted out of that church. And you know where he went? He didn't go, well, he, he, I think he went a lot, I think he did do some teaching after that, but he went as a missionary to the Native Americans, and, and the, probably the least important place you could have had in the Christian church at that time. But that's where, that's where Jonathan Edwards went, because he loved God, he loved people. And I think of, in this neighborhood, I think of Harold Buchanan, our, um, who started the church down the street there, and, um, and, and found that church that he had seen in a vision, set out to be faithful to this community. And after him, uh, Dan Ewald came, started a Christian school for anyone who wanted it. And, um, and these men, they were good men, none of them perfect in their judgment, but they had this faith and boldness that Elijah had to make God real to a watching world. And that's what Elijah wanted to do. And I think even, um, and, and I, I told Heather, pretty much everything I say today is somewhat influenced by this funeral we went to yesterday. But this woman who moved into into the neighborhood in Detroit she lived in in 1960, what? 1938, you're right. Yeah, 1938. And and there was a church around the corner, and, and I think her first Sunday in town, she started attending this church around the corner. And she's been there from 1968 until 2018 when she passed away. Uh, that's a pretty incredible legacy of, um, you know, and that, that church for 90, or for, not 90, for 60-some years, has had her influence for nearly all the kids that were there at the funeral, or all the adults that were there at the funeral. She was their first Sunday school teacher. What an influence over the years. She had, um, but, um, and I'm sure there have been difficulties, I'm sure there have been problems during that time, but, but she just stayed faithful. And, um, and, and, so we're standing on the shoulders of giants. We've been recipients of people who have deep relationships with God, people who sacrificed so we could have opportunity to receive the blessings, receive the word of God we have today. And it is our choice. Are we going to let this message, are we going to let the gospel, not the gospel, but the ministry that, that God is doing through these people, are we going to let that ministry, uh, are, are we going to let that ministry end when their lives end? Are, are we, or are we going to, like Elisha, say, give me a double portion of their spirit and help me to carry on this work that they were so faithful to do, this work of personal evangelism, this work of, of, of faithfulness to the community, this work of, of, of sharing and giving and caring, and, and whatever it was that they did, are we going to allow God to come on us like He came on them and give us that spirit that they had so that, so that His work, that he was doing through them doesn't have to end. The people may change, but the work can go on. So Elisha said, give me a double portion. Give me this inheritance of a double portion. And very quickly, I noticed three things about this. They're just simple. They're very simple. But first of all, this double portion, this inheritance that Elisha wanted, it was not something that was coming to him automatically. If you read through this passage like we just did, and, and look at it and highlight the times that Elisha said, don't come with me, but stay here. There were three different times Elisha said, stay here, don't go with me. And, or Elijah told Elisha three times, don't, don't come with me, stay here. 
And three times Elisha insisted, I am going with you. As long as, as the Lord lives and as you live, I'm going with you. Until the Lord takes you home, I'm going to be, I'm going to be with you. And there are a lot of detours we can take. The devil is an expert uh, at putting up those, those detour signs. I read of some people who moved, and you're not supposed to do this. Please don't ever do this. But they moved some detour signs and, and moved some road close signs and, and, um, and rerouted traffic. To, to where the construction workers were working. But the devil likes to reroute us, and he likes to direct us away from God's purposes and away from God's plan. In this case, Elijah, I believe, was testing Elisha's determination and Elisha's desire for this inheritance. So we have a lot of detours we can take. One detour we can take, we can trade this double portion of God's Spirit we can trade this for things of temporary value. Like Esau did. Esau said, I'm going to take this soup. Now that soup had value. Esau felt like he was starving to death, and maybe he was. But he traded, he traded what, what could not be, be properly valued. He traded that for a bowl of soup and, and, and lost his birthright, lost his blessing from God. We can trade our inheritance like Elisha could have for convenience. It would have been easier for Elisha to go a different, Elisha to stay back and not deal with being around at at, uh, at Elijah's passing. Uh, there's a Levite in in um, in the book of Micah. We're told about who was content to serve for to to serve a false god for ten shekels and um, ten shekels and and a suit of clothing. Just a, a very a very uh, you know, as long as he made enough money, he was he he was willing to to give up this this um, this true doctrine of God. So we can trade this inheritance. We can trade this portion that God wants to give us. But if we give it up, if Elisha had held back, Elisha would have regretted it. Esau regretted it. It says he repented bitterly with tears. He was so so broken up over leaving his inheritance behind. But there was no turning back. So our inheritance is not automatic. We have to desire this inheritance. We have to desire for God to, to first of all, to have us and then to use us and, and desire to have this, this connection with God. Otherwise, we're not going to pay the price that it's going to take to have this double portion. So our inheritance is not automatic. Secondly, our inheritance is spiritual. Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Not for a double portion of his wealth, not a double portion of his connections or his influence, but he's asked for a double portion of his spirit. And the spirit that rested on Elijah was the spirit of God. Elisha was close enough to Elijah that he knew the cost of a double portion of Elijah's spirit. He knew the time because he, he lived very closely to Elijah. He would have known the time that Elisha spent in prayer. The time that he spent seeking God's face and seeking God's will. I believe it was George Mueller who said, no, George Whitefield said, Our boldness for God before the world must always be the result of dealing with God in secret. And, um, and, and that time in the secret place, that time praying and seeking God's, God's will, that time is essential to having the spirit of Elijah. Um, he knew the times of loneliness Elijah had suffered. He knew the deep burden Elijah carried from being the recipient from being the recipient of God's revelation. A.W. Tozer 
uh, that Chicago pastor for many years said, if you really want to be happy, don't ask God for discernment. Because he, he said, if you really, if you really um, know the heart of God, then there, there's going to be a deep burden you carry for people. And I'm sure Tozer had, had moments of happiness. I'm sure that's not what he was saying. But he, what he was saying was, it's a heavy burden to carry this this revelation from God. And Elijah knew that. Elijah had carried this burden for his people of Israel. He had interceded for them. And um, and it had a cause. I read about the old revivals and, and how God moved and changed cities, changed changed uh, states, changed nations, changed... Um, in, in some cases, the, the great Methodist revival of the 1600s swept across the world. But then you read about the praying, the obedience, the sacrifice that happened before these great manifestations of God's presence. And people are, we get fixated on the manifestations. What, what happened? How did God show himself? What did people do when God moved like that? But it causes us to wonder, is anybody willing to ask for such a move of God, knowing what it's going to cost in prayer, and knowing what it's going to cost in loneliness, and knowing what it's going to cost... In, in obedience, are we willing? Are we willing to pay the price for this revival? I think, like Elisha, we need to ask God for a double portion of this spirit that is willing to do whatever it takes to see God move among us. So our inheritance is not automatic. It's not. It's spiritual. It's accessible. Aretha Franklin just died. You know how much money she left behind. No, eighty million. Eighty million dollars she left behind. You can't take it with you, and she didn't. But she also didn't do a very good job of leaving it behind. She did not make a will. And so there's eighty million dollars sitting in banks and properties and and all over the place. And her children are not going to get it for quite a while. They'll be dealing with lawyers and courts and all of that stuff, and 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 debtors. And it's going to be quite a while. It's not, it's not accessible to them right now. But Elisha received what he desired. Um, God gave him a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And there's an interesting verse in the Bible in Psalm 145. It says, Thou openest thine hand, it's talking to God, Thou openest thine hand, and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Now, satisfy us the desire of every living thing. Now, that may be talking about God providing food for the animals and the people and, and all of that. That there's no living animal on earth that God hasn't also put food on earth for. But, we also read that if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, He will give us the desires of our heart. And Elisha trusted in the Lord with all his heart. He was asking for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, but what he was really asking was for God's spirit to rest on him the way it had on Elijah. And this is what I want you to get. And this is basically the last thing I have written. Okay? So, this this is what I want you to get today. Elisha, Elijah, or Elijah's faith was passed on to Elisha. Okay, that's true, right? Elisha received that double portion of Elijah's spirit. But it was not Elijah that passed it on to Elisha. I mean, Elijah had taught him. Elijah had done what it took for Elisha to know what to do. But Elisha made a choice.
that this is going to be my faith. This is going to be my work. This is going to be my ministry. And I am going to take a personal responsibility to have the presence of God on my life like Elijah had on his life. And this is the question I want to leave you with. Are you taking personal responsibility for your own walk with God and your own work for God? Because it's, it is absolutely wonderful for you to come to church and for you to sing the songs and for us to to pray together and to do those things. That's wonderful, and I love getting together, and I love meeting people and all of that. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to make the choice whether or not you walk with God. My mom is not going to make the choice whether or not I walk with God. We can't make that choice for each other. We're going to have to make the choice for ourselves and say, I want God's Spirit to rest on me. And if that's what you want with all your heart, if you want God more than you want anything else, He will give you the desires of your heart. He satisfies every living thing. And you come to Him honestly asking for a double portion of God's Spirit on you, for, for your rightful inheritance as a believer, then God will answer your prayer. When we see people pass on like Sister Taylor yesterday, and people who walked with God for, for all of that time and, and left such an example for us to follow. Rather than mourning, certainly we need to mourn their loss, but rather than just mourning their loss, we need to ask God, Lord, give me that kind of spirit, that kind of, that kind of willingness to spend and be spent for the glory of God and, um, and, and, and to have that kind of attitude that, that, that caused her to leave that legacy Help me, by your grace, to leave a legacy like that. And God wants every single one of us. He's got a purpose for us. And it's not the same purpose, but He wants all of us to fulfill His purpose. And He, if, if that's the greatest desire of our heart, to bring glory to God, then He will help us to do it. Let's pray. Father, thank You for each one who's here today. Thank You for their heart for Your Word, and their heart for Your people, and their heart for, for Your worship. And Lord, I pray that You'll help each one of us to have to have the attitude of Elisha that says, I'm going to take responsibility for my walk with you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to have as, as much of God as I possibly can have on my life. That we're going to pay the price in prayer. We're going to pray to pay the price in effort. We're going to pay the price in obedience to have your glory on our lives. And, and then, Lord, we'll trust you with what you do with that. We ask you to go with each one. Protect us this week. Keep us in your love and under the blood. In Jesus' name, amen.